the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. Um, It's been a trying couple of weeks for Londoners. The entire city has continued to grieve after what transpired almost two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks ago, Sunday evening, that a family out for an evening stroll was allegedly mowed down based on their faith. Um, If you missed last week's podcast episode, we talk about this family and it's horrific what happened to them but it hit more close to home because they were such a integrated family into our community they were wonderful people so if you did miss last week's podcast i urge you to go give that a listen this week we are shifting gears as we as a community continue to grieve a little bit i've got london free press court reporter jane sims with me today jane how are you i'm okay Lindsay. are you doing okay yeah, it's been it's been heavy. It's been heavy for the last couple of weeks. I know I'm not the only person who has felt that way. Um, but I do feel like with every day, there have been so many positive reactions from the community coming together in a time that we are still trying to stay apart. Um, that has really helped me and I hope other people have found solace in that as well. So thank you for asking. Well, I also think people are really being introspective and they're really trying to understand, trying to get to the heart of what this was all about and I think we're peeling away some things that maybe we don't like about ourselves and and that's hard to deal with yes um so but as we continue on this journey we're going to find out some some things that I think will make our community a whole lot better and uh it's a terrible way that we've had to come to come to this to this moment but um it's it's something that we we need to do we've been shocked into it Yes, I completely agree. There's been a lot of tough conversations happening with people, which need to happen, um, which I think we will be better as a result of. One of the things that I want to touch on as we get going now, um, the accused Nathaniel Veltman has been in court, video court twice, correct? He's been, actually, he was on the phone for his first appearance. Okay. And he's been in person twice. Well, his image has been in court twice by video. Yes. Right. Okay. I obviously spend a lot of time as a journalist online. I spend a lot of time on Twitter and there was a lot of hate being spread on Twitter, attacking journalists, news agencies, other people, depending on their stance. Um, And I just want to remind everybody to be kind. I don't think that there is a right way to grieve, but I do think that there is always a right way to treat people. So don't skewer anybody for doing something instead of not doing something. So something I want to ask about right now, because the one thing that really stuck out to me was there was a comment. Why are we not seeing a mugshot of this kid? We've been seeing a photo of him holding a fish. We've seen a photo of him running at a track meet. What's going on? Why have we not seen the mugshot? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, Here in Canada, we don't release mugshots. Police, police agencies do not release mugshots simply because, when, when, because they don't need to, number one. They release them only when they're looking for somebody. Um, so that there's an image out there that if you see this person, then blank, right? But, you know, 
if, if someone's in custody, we don't, unlike our American neighbors, release the mugshots. There, there's some reasons for that. Um, Myself, I think the primary reason, if I'm talking from a purely justice system, fair trial interest, is that mugshots are not particularly flattering. They don't try to get your best side. A lot of times, if you can remember mugshots, there's a few in my mind that I have seen, they have a tendency to make people look pretty darn guilty. And, and um, you know, we have to be aware, it doesn't matter if it's this case or any case, Fair trial interests trump pretty much everything here. We have to make sure this person gets a fair trial. And, and the fair trial means that we have to come in without bias, prejudice, or anything when we go into a courtroom if you are a juror. Now, I know there was blowback on the photograph that we had of him holding a fish um, because he was smiling. Well, listen, he knows how to smile. The other part of it is, is he's part of the community. You know, it isn't like we have people walking down the street with big, with big signs on them that say that I am going to do sex, X, and X, right? These are people that walk among our community. There is no intent on, on, in, in that particular moment to do anything but to show you what he looked like. Because there are people who want to know what he looked like. And we certainly couldn't do it through, through a, a, a mugshot because mugshots aren't available. And even if they were, we have to be extremely careful with them and how we use them. Um, so I hope that answers that question. We just don't have access. Yeah, it absolutely does. I appreciate that. I know for me personally, part of my, uh, grieving process with regards to what transpired has really been focusing on the family. I am by no means an expert on what has been going on in the courts. And I know when it first happened, the, the first word I kept hearing was, this is a terror attack. This is a terror attack, but that was not the initial charges. So what can you tell me about the charges he is facing as of right now today? Okay, so so this is gonna this is gonna get a bit jargony, but bear with me. Okay. okay. His charges haven't changed. Okay. He is still charged with four counts of first degree murder and one count of attempted murder. That's pretty straightforward. But statutorily to get to first degree murder for a prosecution to get a conviction in first degree murder. There are certain things that they have to prove, okay? One of the things that first-degree murder is the obvious one that we think of when we think of a first-degree murder charge is that it's a planned and deliberate murder. If you read the criminal code, it'll say all other murders second degree, right? But there's some other things as well, okay? So um, statutorily, planned and deliberate, or if uh, if you someone is, is killed during the commission of an indictable offense, so an armed robbery, let's say somebody goes into a bank, kills a bunch of people, and I hate to say it so bluntly, but that would be first degree murder. Um, the, the killing of police officers and, and, and peace officers, that's first degree murder. And there is a section on terrorism that if the Crown can prove that this is an act that was motivated by terrorism, then it's first degree murder. What happened earlier this week is that before you can pursue that angle of prosecution, you must get approval uh, from the federal, uh, the federal justice, justice ministry and from the provincial attorney general. Those consents have to be granted from those because it's a huge thing, right? To, 
to accuse someone of terrorism requires a certain kind of, of, of uh, um, prosecution and, and development of a case that um, it's, it's going to take a lot of resources and a lot of, it, it's, it's a pretty heavy thing that to, to do. So when we look at this, he has not been charged under the Anti-Terrorism Act. He has been charged under Section 235 of the Criminal Code with first degree murder and with a, a, attempted murder. It's just we're going to see at this point, because we don't know what's going to happen next, but at this point, we are just going to see um, that uh, particular uh, court uh, proceeding play out under those charges. Okay, I appreciate that explanation. I know you just said we don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to ask you in a context of what does happen next as the public following along, how often can we expect to see him in court? Um, a publication ban, what can and cannot be said? Yep, Please sure. explain that to me. Sure, okay, so um, first of all, if anybody thinks this is gonna happen like next week, um, you know, you better, you, you better sit back. I mean, uh, there's, you know, if there's anything anybody can learn covering the court system is that you gotta be patient. Things take time and the things take time because we try to do them in, we try to do them properly. There's a lot of, you know, you know, if, if it was your child or your brother, or if it was yourself, you'd want a fair trial, right? And we got to ensure that. We got to make sure this is done right, right? So he has only made uh, three court appearances. He was by phone the day after from the police department, which has, you know, there, there's a requirement to get somebody in front of a justice of the peace within 24 hours after the charge. And now he's making routine video appearances. First one, he got the charges read to him. Second one, we had things up, upgraded. And I will tell you, it was a surprise that they had, had uh, shortened the time between those appearances, but now we know why, because they were trying to get their ducks in the row regarding prosecuting under the, under, under the statutes involving terrorism. So now he's back on the 21st. He's Still, uh, at this point, we, you know, we, he still has to sort out his his, his legal representation, um, and at that point, the disclosure, which is the information collected by investigative branches of of our lives, um, has to be given to the defense for review and for them to prepare a defense or whatever they're going to do, and then negotiation starts. Right then. There's a whole, you know, there's four or five different things that can happen here. And, and I'm not saying any of these are going to happen in this case. I want that caveat first, but I'm going to talk about in terms of any regular criminal case. Okay. You can plead guilty anytime if you want to. You could walk into a guilty plea court and do that. Now, mind you, in a murder case, you have to go to Superior Court. We're still at the Ontario Court stage. So this will continue for a while because there's going to be a load of disclosure, tons and tons and tons to go through. He'll have to make a decision at one point whether he wants a preliminary hearing, which is a preliminary hearing is a hearing that's held in the Ontario Court of Justice to decide whether or not there is enough evidence for it to be heard at the Superior Court. Um, they're, they're, I, I'm not going to go in, into the weeds on this <laughs> in terms of, of the, you know, whether preliminary hearings are a good or bad thing, but he has that right. He has the right to plead guilty. He has the right to have a trial. He has the right to have a jury trial. He has a right to have a trial by judge. All those things have to happen, and those are months and months down the road. I want to talk about a publication ban. This is going to be the other thing that's going to frustrate the public. At this point, there is a publication ban that has been placed on this case under Section 513 of the Criminal Code, which, which prohibits the, public, uh, the publication 
of anything that has to do with evidence in this case. And there are, there are really good reasons for that on, in, within the justice system as much as it, it causes us a lot of consternation. Again, it goes back to a fair trial. You can't know everything about a case if you're gonna be a juror um, and you've already made up your mind, right? So the whole idea is we play this game in every court case. It is the prosecution and the defense trying to keep the lid on things. And those of us who are curious and wanna know things, trying to figure out a way that we can tell a story without breaching that particular publication ban. And it is a tightrope sometimes, sometimes. For now, we have basic information about what the case is going to be about, right? We know that, um, but we're not gonna know the nitty gritty. We're not gonna know everything until it, it goes in front of a judge or a jury. And that's precisely because anyone, anyone, no matter who you are, is entitled to a fair trial. And, and a fair trial means that, that you are not, your opinion is not tainted by something else that you've heard. There are a couple of other things that may happen here as we go down the line. Um, it's gonna be, you know, this is a pretty emotional case for this city. Um, I would suspect that there may be some discussion about whether or not it should be a trial here. Although those arguments are really hard now, uh, simply because information is everywhere. Um, but yeah, he's, he, there are gonna be a lot of decisions made in the coming months um, that will determine where this goes. It's just, we have to be patient about it. And in the meantime, in the meantime, as we wait, we have an opportunity here as a community to try to understand maybe not what happened at the corner of South Carriage and, and Hyde Park Road, but an opportunity to understand how we interact with each other within our community and to be able to grow on those points. And that's the tough stuff. You know, there was a lot of criticism last week, as you said, from people. And I think a lot of people are feeling, I don't know, can I say it? That they're trying to deal with their own sort of guilt that they're, that, you know, that of, of how, what they've done and what they've said and how they've treated other people. Um, these are, this is gonna, this is a very, very tough, tough, thing to go through as a community. Um, one of my editors said to me, you know, you know, I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> and we grew up at a time when, you know, Toronto was very much a white community. And it's not that anymore. And they've made the transition for the most part, right? London, Ontario hasn't. We haven't, we haven't done that yet. And maybe this is the moment that it's, that it's going to happen. That's what I'm thinking at, at, at this point. In the meantime, let's let the courts do what they do. We gotta let the justice system play this out. And we gotta have some faith in it that our systems are strong enough and, and uh, you know, and are, are smart enough and are equitable enough that we will, we will look after this case as we will look after any other case fairly and, and meet out whatever justice is required at the end of this. That was a lot of and a lot of good information. Thank you for that, Jane. You're so well versed in this in areas that I just can't even begin to comprehend. So I really appreciate the insight on that. Um, we are running out of time, but I just want to know, and I know patience is probably the word of the day for us today. We all need to be patient. 
if you had to guess approximately how long do you think this entire process will go on before we get resolution? Well, it's, it's going it, to, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, you know, if this goes the full, <laughs> you know, if we go right to the end, I would say two and a half to three years, right? Oh, okay. That's okay. So, I mean, like, let's look at the Bandito trial. The Bandito trial was a massive prosecution. Those, uh, those homicides happened, I think it was 2006, and we had the trial in 2009. Right. right? It was massive. Um, for the most part, you know, a couple years, like usually, uh, because it has to, it has to traverse through. They're trying, okay. Now, well, so don't forget we have a pandemic going on. We got a lot of backlog that we're going to have to deal with as well. And 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 there are folks that 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 truly deserve to go to the head of the line. So, um, there are a lot of factors here, but there's also been a very um, uh, intensive uh, effort on the part of the courts to push things through. So, for example, if this goes to the superior court, there are hard limits of 30 months that you're supposed to have a trial done unless there are unforeseen circumstances or circumstances that you can prove. So 30 months is two and a half years, right? So, uh, and I think this has, this has the makings to go longer, but we'll see, we'll see. We don't know, like, you know, it's, you know, I, just a quick story. Um, I covered a murder, uh, a murder trial earlier uh, in 2020 um, that I thought was going to trial for sure, right? And uh, the person was supposed to have a court appearance um, to argue some pretrial motions. And he turned to his lawyer after there was a deal offered to him from the Crown and for second degree murder, he said, okay, I'll take it. And next thing I know, he was pleading guilty and um, he was sentenced and it was done. So you just don't know what's gonna happen. And there may be because of, there's a lot of political, there's a lot of politics in this one, there's a lot of pressure, public pressure. There's a lot of other factors that are, are, are really pushing in on this. So it is going to be up to, up to how the case is conducted on the Crown side and how, what kind of representation he has and what kind of negotiations we see and all sorts of other things before we know exactly when this is going to be resolved. Okay, so I was right. Just be patient. We all just need to be patient. <laughs> you know, I just quickly, you know, there's, there's lots of times I've covered cases over the years when I've gone back to the newsroom and say, hey, I'm covering such and such. And, and my bosses will look at me and say, well, which one was that? And we've completely forgotten it, right? right? Because it takes time. So anyway, I hope that helps. It does, it does. Thank you so much. I appreciate your knowledge and your insight and all the explanations, because that's just like years and years of being in the courts that I know nothing about, to be perfectly frank with you. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening, just a reminder, you can subscribe, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube. Of course, we are over at lnfpress.com. Lots of good things happening as well. I don't want to make light of this situation, but there is good things happening in this city. All of the reporters are working so hard right now. So keep an eye on the pages of the London Free Press and over at lfpress.com. We're going to be back again next week with another edition of the LF Press podcast. Until then, please be kind to each other and stay well. Bye.